It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Just gone 9 o'clock here on SNZ for Repco Race Control. Why are we playing Irish music? Well, here, play me a little bit more there, Sandra, because t- normally we're on a Thursday and tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So we thought we'd have a little bit of a hoolie tonight on the diet version of Repco Race Control here till 10 o'clock. Stephen McIver, Murph is in the house somewhere, probably filling up the Guinness barrels. We'll get to him shortly. Let's get on with it. Tonight, you can go in the draw to win that Repco beer pong table. The question tonight that you can text us on the temper bedpost line is this, double Where's the next round of Repco Supercars? Where's the next round of Repco Supercars? You can call us on 0800 150 811 or tempered bedpost text line 8833. Anyway, let's get busy because I've got a Kiwi waiting in an airport somewhere in Europe wanting to hop on a plane to Barcelona uh, for his next testing. That's Brendan Leach, our Lamborghini driver. Hey, Brendan, how are you, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, okay. So how far away are you from boarding to Barcelona? Uh, actually, the flight was uh, was delayed last night for some reason, so I'm on my way to the airport now, which is uh, <laughs> much more cruisy morning for me. Hey, look, um, con- all of that. congratulations, man. So you picked up another drive in this uh, uh, CrowdStrike Lamborghini Evo 2 for the Super Trofeo Europe Series. So how does this differ from the World GT Challenge? Yeah, from the, the GT3 car to the Super Trofeo, actually, the Super Trofeo has another nearly 100 horsepower it's pretty incredible actually but what it lacks is a little bit of aerodynamics and it's, it's actually lamborghini's version of a cup car so it's it's a cup car it still has the standard road car doors um and roof and bits and pieces like this so it's slightly more agricultural than the gt3 <laughs> car not saying that it is agricultural so it's barry the ba- it's barry the basics car right yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but it's a fantastic car so far, and less than two seconds left off the full-blown GT3 car so, um, so, around Barcelona. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, how did this how did this come around? Well, actually, I'm, I've been working last year um, along with racing over here as an engineer. So, I was running a car um, in the in the championship with the team and coaching um, this this guy. Uh, fantastic fella. He's um, yeah, we've come to get, get along really well. And after the season, it was really good for him. He, he came third in the AM Championship, and um, he said, "Look, I want to make the next step up. I want to compete for, for wins, and I want to do um, the Pro AM Championship. Uh, and, I will, and the only option is that I'll do it if I get to do it with you. So, would you like to do it with me?" And of course, I 
was never going to say no to, to the opportunity. So here we are, and um, I'm just so excited to, to get the season underway. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm over the moon and, and so chuffed to just finally have some, some great steps towards the ultimate goal. I, I am assuming that this guy has a name because you've been talking around the circles. Does he actually have a name? Yeah, yeah, so it's Gerhard Watsinger. He's um, uh, he's involved involved with, with CrowdStrike. He gets a little bit of uh, CrowdStrike um, support. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's you know, really got behind me and, and helped me here now. And and uh, he's not only a, a good a good, good peddler, he's a fantastic guy as well. And, and we have a great relationship together, which has really, really uh, accelerated the situation. And we've just had some testing. So we've just come back from testing in Barcelona and um, yesterday was one of the most successful test days um, I've, had, I've ever had and I'm sure he's, he's had as well. So really looking forward to getting, getting things underway in a couple of weeks' time. So I said you were going to... Are you going back to Barcelona now? No, I'm coming... I'm, I'm leaving Barcelona oh, and going God. back uh, to Germany because then I have, we have more testing uh, later this week. Um, and Hockenheim, so in full swing for prep for the GT World Challenge on Friday with um, testing with my, my two teammates there, um, Dennis Spetzer and Jordan Witt, uh, a German and an Englishman. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting in, in the GT3 car again. Okay. Hockenheim's like my, uh, my European Teratonga. Yeah, so I got that completely wrong. So I thought you were on your way to Barcelona. So you're on your way back from Barcelona. What, and you've said it was a successful test. Uh, because you're going to be doing double duty, am I correct? Uh, Imola is the first round of the GT Challenge for Leap at Racing. Then you've got the Super Trofeo as well, April 1 through 3. How's that going to work? Is it Does it work against you for one class? Um, no, not really. And I, wondered, I also wondered the same thing. But after doing the testing we've done the last few days, I was also doing double duties and testing. And all it did was just accelerate my rate of learning. The cars are quite similar in many aspects, and it all translated on the track. So um, it's doing nothing but good things because it's like driving in two different championships in the same car on the same weekend. Um, For sure, it's it's difficult physically. but yeah, I'm plenty strong enough, so I think it should be should be a whole heap of fun. Yeah, actually, I'd, I'd be intrigued to know how different the physicality is from the GT car to the, as you call, the agricultural Super Trofeo. <laughs> yeah, it's, the biggest difference you have from the GT3 to the Super Trofeo is actually, um, obviously, the car's a little bit more developed, so it's lower to the ground, has a bit more aero, and it's a little bit wider with bigger tyres, so... The GT3 car is a bit quicker through the corners, and the Super Trofeo is just so, so fast in a straight line, and then you just brake super deep, and then once you want to rotate or turn the car around the corner in as short a space as possible, and then so you can get back on the throttle even quicker. With the GT3 car, you want to try and uh, roll the speed, like carry a lot of speed through the corner um, and maintain that on the way out. But that's the biggest difference of the two cars. Uh, and the GT3 is a little bit tougher on the neck for the long, long corner. That's, yeah, that's for sure. What, what are the length of races in these categories? So we have the GT World Challenge. If I take you through the first weekend in Imola, it's like 
we have a day of testing for the GT3, and then the day after that is a day of testing for the Super Trofeo. So not actually back uh, on the same day, which is quite good. And then in the weekend, we have a qualifying for each. And then we also have a uh, two one-hour sprint races, one on Saturday and one on Sunday for the Super Trofeo, which is shared between me and Gerhard, so about half and half, um, depending on strategy, which will just be decided on the day. And then we have on the Sunday, which is the three-hour race for the GT World Challenge, so not super long, but I'll, I'll only do one hour of that um, because there's two other drivers also, and they will... Um, yeah, they will also do, do some laps in the race. So I'm intrigued. How I know, you know, Mercedes are from Germany, we've got Audi, the whole nine yards, but this style of racing, how strong is it in Germany to start with? Yeah, it's really big. It's, it's getting, GT3 racing in general is getting so much bigger and over in Europe in particular. Even in New Zealand, there's more and more cars getting, getting bought into the country, which is fantastic because it's, it's a car that is, you know, there's a lot of, in New Zealand, there's a lot of Kiwi built specials and they are so rapidly quick, but it's hard to develop a car in, in, in your shed, which is the difference that you have with a GT3 car. It's being developed in a factory and they're such a reliable car. They're fast. It can be very easy to drive and and not too, uh, too, too stressful for the mechanics because they can just ring up and order a part instead of having to try and invent something. Um, so from that side of things, it's, it's fantastic. But also, on the other side of things, uh, it's super quick and, and it's like a, a sports car, I guess. So the, the gentleman drivers, they really, um, it's just like they get, they'll get out of whatever whatever car they've driven, and and they can also get a race car version of it too. So there's a fantastic um, market for that um, over over here and all around the world, really. But um, the reason that's the reason it's taken off is because it's just so good for a wide range, a wide array of drivers to drive, and they're super quick, so much fun, like, most fun you can have with your pants on kind of thing. So. <laughs> Man, you've been, you've been dying to use that line, haven't you? Most fun you can have, yeah. with, your, most fun you can have with your pants on. Hey, what is it? what are the big races for you this season? The biggest, biggest race of the year for me will be the 24 hours of Spa, so Spa 24 hours, it's, uh, along with a couple of other ones, it's the biggest, one of the biggest GT races in the world. Uh, obviously, 24 Hours of Le Mans is, mm-hmm. is, is the top tier, and and there and right behind that is is Spa as the as the lead yeah. GT3 race in, in the world. So I'm so excited for that to get underway. And yeah, well, it's a I'm I can't I just can't believe that I'm going to be racing in it this year. It's, it's the best of the best against the best of the best with, uh, yeah, every man and his dog are there to, to win, and it's just an absolute dog fight for 24 hours. So I can't wait to get my elbows out in that and, and um, yeah, make some moves. Well, well, when, some moves. You, when you look, Brendan, when you look at what you're doing right now, what's the, what's the game plan? What's the main aim now? What is this setting you up for? Um, the target for me at the moment is, um, I'm on. I'm actually a, a GT3 junior for Lamborghini. So the target for me um, in the next, within the next few years is to become a factory driver for for the for the manufacturer. That's the target. Um, and yeah, at the moment, doing all the right things, which is good, and, and leading in the right direction. Uh, whether or not it happens, you never know. It's motorsports. Uh, 
very interesting sport, isn't it? And as you know, so there's so many uh, variables that aren't aren't in, in my control. But all I can do is on the track, just absolutely wheel the car as, as fast as possible, and and uh, do the best job I can. And at the end of the day, what will be will be. And and um, yeah, just to be, be a professional racing driver is at the end at the end of it is what we what we all want. So that's the goal. And yeah, let's see, see if we can do it. What's the, what's the, what's the story when it comes to actually um, catching up with Kiwis around Europe? Um, I haven't actually caught up with any of them. I've kept in touch with, with a few of them, um, with Liam and Marcus, and even um, Brendan Hartley. I messaged him a while ago as well, but I haven't caught up with any of them because none of our races have actually clashed. Um the only Kiwi I've caught up with was, was Reed Harker, but that's mm-hmm. probably because he's one of my best mates. Um, he came and stayed with me last year for a bit when he raced in the 24 hours of Spa. So um, that was fantastic. And, and when you have a Kiwi with you for a while, it kind of gives you a taste of home. And, and uh, that was really cool, really cool to, to hang out with him. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure this year I'll be spending more time with, with Kiwis, obviously with the borders reopening the way they are. And, Hoping to come home for a for a small uh, time period in the next few months, and uh, and then during the season with the championships I'm doing, there's bound to be a Kiwi turn up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they'll turn up. Hey, Brennan, thanks so much for giving us your time. And now that you're leaving Barcelona to go back to Germany, uh, good luck for that opening round of the GT Challenge and Super Trofeo at Imola April one through three. Keep safe, mate. We will be in touch again here on Repco Race Control. Thank you very much, mate. Catch you later. Yeah, thank you. Brendan Leach, there you go, uh, driving the GT World Challenge in the Team Leapit car, the GT car, and then the Super Trofeo series, uh, which he uh, deems, uh, quote-unquote, 100 kilometres now faster, or something like that, what did he say? Really quicker. And agricultural. Murph, where are you? Oh, there he is. There he is. Oh, got his got his mouth in, in hog heaven. He's in the Guinness. That's right, because, of course, he... Yeah, he is. Yeah, Guinness, Guinness, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's it's St. Paddy's Day. Get out of there. Get out of there. I think we've found him anyway. We'll get back to him shortly here on Repco Race Control. This is Repco Race Control at 9.18 on a Wednesday evening here for the diet version till 10 o'clock. Still trying to find Murph, but I'm sure he's. I can see him. He will be there with us shortly. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to go in the draw to win that Repco beer pong table, you've got to tell us either by calling us on 0800 150811 or uh, texting us on the Temper Bedpost text line, which is 8833. Where is the next round of supercars happening? Where is the next round of supercars happening? I'll tell you what, you've got to tell us the state it's happening in Australia, right? The, the track I'm told is Simmons Plain, so where is that? Okay, there's, there's an enormous, enormous hint for you. Where is the next round? Where is the next round of Repco supercars? Okay, have a think. Uh, text us on the temper t- bedpost text line, double eight double three or 0800 150811. We are moving closer and closer to the start of a, a really favourite part of uh, what Murph and I like, love to talk about on uh, Sky Speed, which is uh, World Superbikes, and our expert uh, is not having a night out and another romantic dinner. That's Avalon Biddle in Christchurch. Hey, Av. Hey, how's it going? I was actually wondering, every time we try and get you on a Wednesday, your issue sort of gets part of you. Is, is Wednesday your social <laughs> night out? It's midweek, you know, you've got to get, do something to get you through till, oh, till oh, Friday so, night at least. So you think hump day is the when you go out and have a nice dinner or just catch up with mates, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, treat yourself a little bit. And then Thursdays normally, oh, better get the bikes ready to go riding on the weekend. <laughs> hey, uh, n- nice, nice work on Sky Speed last night. We're pretty much going to talk about uh, what you gave us uh, last night on Speed, which I'm actually watching on replay right now. You look pretty good too. Uh, let's talk about World Superbikes. And there's pretty, there's a lot of excitement in the Yamaha camp uh, with with what they're doing with the upgrades electronically with Top Rack. Yeah, definitely. Um, sounds like they've been working hard and actually like quite funny. Uh, funny, I guess, for us, and um, that's complete opposite to MotoGP. You know, the MotoGP riders, uh, the blue guys, are complaining about the lack of upgrades over winter, whereas the World Superbike team has been going hard and um, yeah, looking really strong. Top rack, topped the timesheets at, at first test and. Um, yeah, it just seems like happy days for them. So it could be a big season ahead because they don't only have top racks. They've got some really um, other fast young guys, including Locatelli, who um, I think we're going to see up there again. Do you, do, do you feel, even even though we're only in testing time and they've got plenty of tests to happen, uh, do you feel that top rack goes in again as the favourite being defending champion? Or do you, being a Kawasaki driver, look at Jonathan Ray go, mm, hang on a minute. <laughs> You know, and they've done and they've done some long running on that Kawasaki. They've done some race distance running. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't ride off Kawasaki. Um, not only because I love him, but no, in all seriousness, Johnny is super determined, and the team around him reflects that. Um, they just will not back down, and I think that was said multiple times last year by Yamaha and uh, all of Top Rack's crew that it, when it's Johnny that you're racing against, you just can't relax. Um, you know, he's always gonna fight to the very end so we'll definitely see that again this year because as we discussed that was one of the exciting parts of last year it was it was a real head-to-head battle and we sort of figured didn't we I mean I know you love top rack but we sort of figured he pushed Ray to a point which made the whole thing really exciting oh wasn't it just so exciting honestly I was watching some of the replays um last week and there's a really great documentary out with top rack um that sort of covers the last round with them and Oh, man, watching all those races back just reminded me how good it was. It was just pretty thrilling. And, like, that moment when his mudguard fell off at Portimao and he crashed in, like, a fifth-gear corner because the mudguard got caught under the front wheel, you kind of... Oh, there was just so much drama and so much great racing. So, um, yeah, um, I think we're definitely going to see that again. Let's let's hope so, anyway. 9.22, Greg O'Murphy has joined us right now because we were playing a little bit of Irish music, Av. Uh, well, because tomorrow is uh, St Paddy's Day, which we'd normally be on. So I found Grego Murphy. Hey, mate, how are you? Uh, just call me Spud. Spud Murphy. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Very good, well, mate. I'm, I am very Irish. I should actually be. I should actually be heading off early tomorrow morning down to the pub. Have me first Guinness. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh man! But well, I'm gonna. Get, you know, I, I sometimes give you heaps about your accents. You're on point. Anyway, no, I can do the Irish one. I can do the Irish one. All right. It's okay. Alrighty, uh, we're talking superbikes, Murph. Uh, yeah, we are. I'm just glad to be here. Um, Ev, great to talk to you. Uh, we missed you last week. Um, so I, I just started, you know, uh, catching up on some of the details around the season and. and you know, I, I've forgotten about Scott Redding. Well, I hadn't forgotten. I knew he was off to BMW, but um, I missed the whole uh, Alvaro Bautista going back to Ducati. Can you remind me how that all fell apart in the first place a couple of years ago? Because he's going back there after two years with Honda uh, onto the bike, and he's saying that he's uh, going to be a championship contender, and he could very well be after what he did in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, 
300 euros. I just forgot to mention that on Sky Speed too, didn't I? Um, yes. So much to fit into such little time. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really interesting. I don't necessarily think things fell apart with him at Ducati, but he saw that Honda was a really good opportunity. And right. Honda's such a fast bike, like top end speed. It's the fastest bike out there. Um, but something is just not working in that team. So really interesting to see that Honda have can, uh, completely flipped and pitched two really young guys from the MotoGP paddock. Um, and, yeah, Ducati have kind of gone back to try and trust to Bautista. So, yeah, I think he'll be up there in the mix. It's, I don't want to sound rude, but he is getting older, and you, and you do really wonder... Um, yep. how much fight he has left in him. So it'll be pretty yep. interesting. I think he'll either be there at the front from the beginning of the season or um, we won't see much from him. So I guess, yeah, yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, 37. Um, I mean, it is it is getting on. It is getting on big time. Uh, but, you know, I, know I, I remember now watching the start of 2019 and uh, him dominating. It looked like he was going to win the championship with, like, bloody yeah, five rounds right. to go. He won 16 races. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right at the beginning of the season as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah he he really worked well with it. Ducati, I do think the difference back then was he'd come straight out of the GP paddock and you don't come out of that paddock and not perform. You know, they're racing at such a high level every weekend. So, yeah, after a couple of, uh, I guess, not-so-hot seasons, I guess, yeah, let's see what he does. But he's definitely got the talent and, um, yeah, yeah, super quick rider. Someone I've admired, admired for a long, long time, so it'd be pretty cool to see him back at the front. Yep, no, absolutely. Now, what is it with um, motorsport uh, riders, car drivers and stuff breaking their legs riding mountain bikes? Vandermark, <laughs> missing the Masano test. <laughs> Fractured leg. Bloody hell, I mean, you've oh, got to go I... training. And, I, and I'm, I totally, totally get it. But, jeez, they fall off some bikes. Well... I don't really get that one because Michael Vandermark is Dutch and he lives in the Netherlands. He lives in Rotterdam. It's flat. I'm like, where was he mountain biking? <laughs> 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 to, to break his leg. <laughs> um, yeah, that one took me by surprise, to be honest. And, and what a bummer. Obviously, supposed to be lining up with Scott Redding. So, um, pretty strong team there. Two pretty crazy guys off the track. Jeepers, there will be some big parties in that garage. Um, but yeah, obviously Vandermark missing the start of the season, which is yeah not ideal, and, and we see it all the time with motocross incidents too. So I guess you can't really stop them from getting out there and riding. You've got to be fit and you've got to be ready at the start of the year. And there's nothing like riding, uh, like riding on a circuit. So you've got to do everything you can that's close enough to it. So. Yeah, pretty unfortunate. So, so our Superbike starts at Aragon, round one, eight to the tenth, eight to the tenth of April. Uh, we've got a lot of testing going on with British Superbikes, which is also live on Sky, like World Superbikes. We've got. Uh, 25th and 27th at Snetterton, 31st of March at Donington, and the final test is at Silverstone, and then round one of British Superbike. Seems to be starting really late, doesn't it? 15th to the 17th of April. Who's the hot team? Who's the hot team for British Superbikes this year? Ooh. Well, we have to say Paul B. Motorsport to Caddy with Josh Brooks and Tom Sykes. They are definitely going to be strong. Um... That's what I wanted you. That was the answer I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) But BSB always catches you by surprise, doesn't it? Like um, Peter Hickman last year rode really well. Um, Yeah, there's always like those 
sometimes that sort of thing to start up and go really well. So um, even Leon Haslam's team, although he's on a Kawasaki again, um, I haven't heard of that team before. So I'm not sure if they're new or just renamed. But um, yeah, BSB is just so exciting. I don't know how do you guys feel. I almost get anxious about all this racing coming up. I'm like, oh, well, you should have a full time job and around all this. Hang on, you shouldn't be anxious. You love you love this stuff. I mean, you you, you revel in this stuff. You know, you're like a pig in mud. Just get amongst it and get, <laughs> and, and, and and you love it because you get excited all the time. Uh, but there's a whole heap of Kiwis uh, racing in Britain this year, isn't there? Yeah, there is. So we've got Shane Richardson and Damo Rees, both secured Super Sport 600 rides, which I think is an awesome move. Uh, they were in the Super Competitive Stop 1000 class, which um, probably doesn't, from afar, you just don't understand how competitive that class is. So I really think they're going to shine in Super Sport 600, the two of them. Um, awesome move. Shane's on a factory bike on the Triumph 765. Um, so super competitive machinery and yeah, really looking forward to watching them on TV. And we've also got Zach Fuller competing in Super Stock 600. So Zach's only just turned 20. He's uh, gone over on his own. And, um, yeah, really admirable what he's done. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing him follow in the footsteps of those other two. And, yeah, hopefully uh, one of them makes it to British Superbike over the next few years. Okay, so we're almost done with you, but have you pulled any engines apart in the last couple of weeks since we last spoke? Have you done anything more about that and, and got your hands really <laughs> dirty and learnt more about putting it back together? <laughs> no, I'm trying to keep them together now. I'm trying to just ride them. So we've got a race meeting on Sunday here oh. at Aquinas. So oh, great. What yeah, is it? I'll go out and uh, just a local club round. So um, go mix it up with Jacob and, um, yeah, just have a bit of fun. It'd be nice. It'd be nice just to get out and actually have a ride, won't it? When was the last one, really? Uh, yeah, like a month ago in Teratong. It's yeah. been so spread out. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to just getting back on track and opening the throttle. Okay. Oh, hey. Enjoy. Opening yes. the throttle. What a way to finish an interview. But I'm going to ask you one final question. We're asking our listeners at the moment to go in the draw for the Repco beer pong table. Yeah. Where is the next if round? If she gets this right, if she gets this right, we'll put her in the draw, right? Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, Sweet. no. Where is the next round of Repco supercars? <laughs> Don't get on the internet. No. Don't okay. Get on the internet. Okay. So it's called. Okay. Here's a here's a hint. Huge hint. That Simmons Plain is where. Oh, Tasmania. Oh, straight away. <laughs> Was that too easy, Murph? You, you've got. You've, I'm getting this look from Murph going. <laughs> there's only there's only one Simmons Plains, and they do race bikes there as well, Stephen. So. Yeah. Oh, she gave me too much of a clue. I wanted to say Adelaide, but then I remembered that got cancelled. Oh, so. Okay, I didn't think that was a. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that was a ridiculously good uh, uh, clue. All right, Abby. Hey, thanks so much for talking to us. We'll talk again, eh? See you soon. No worries. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Avalon Biddle, our expert on two wheels. Hey, Murph. Uh, I'm a little excited this weekend because uh, what well, is probably Monday, but Texas uh, round two of Indy cars and Scott McLaughlin is having a great old time. I see in initial testing he was quickest. How much? <laughs> how much do you read into that about just confidence in in, in the car? Massive. Seriously. Massively. Even oh, even going from fr- even you... going from street to oval. Well, remember he finished second there last year. Yes, I do. So you know you, you're heading you're heading back to a racetrack that you found uh, you, you were able to adapt to very quickly. And I wouldn't I, I won't I'll refrain from using the word easily because it's not easy. Mm. But he adapted there incredibly fast. 
and then ran around behind Scott Dixon to finish second. Um, and as you know, first oval, first super speedway. There is going to be a few challenges, though, by the sounds of it. Um, just reading between the lines with a couple of articles that are out there, just about the track surface and the fact they put down some traction um, Goop. Uh, Goop. glue kind of thing on the track for NASCAR, and uh, that's it's it's making it a little bit difficult for the Indy cars to run anywhere other than the, right around the bottom of the circuit. So they're uh, working to try and uh, remove some of that stuff and allow some Firestone IndyCar rubber to be put down. So that'll be a bit of a challenge. But I'm not surprised that he's gone there and um, tested right at the front of the field and gone fastest. I mean, I'm just the, the confidence the young man's got. I mean, we had him on the show on Sky Speed and on Race Control uh, after that first win, and man, he was just oozing oozing confidence. I mean, that is something you can't buy. You have to earn it. And he is earning it. Absolutely earning it. So I can't wait for this weekend. Yeah, hey, what do you think of the the news uh, was earlier in the week? Colton Herter signing with McLaren like yeah. to be a... What did, you, what did you make of that? Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, and then I read an article about Ward weighing up a move away from uh, you know, that hmm. the McLaren team that he's with an IndyCar. So Pato Awards, who did a test because he won a bet with um, Zach Brown to test the McLaren Formula One car in Abu Dhabi at the end of last year, if he won a race in an IndyCar, which he did did a couple of. Um, so he got that run. And, and they say that um, Herter getting that gig's got nothing nothing to do with Award. He's not on the outer, nothing like that. But Award is um, sort of weighing up his options already. Um, he's been a little bit uh, interesting in some of his comments around what he's because uh, he's up out of contract at the end of the year and looking up his options for uh, maybe going other places. But, you know, I, Herta has got a gig there. But also what was really interesting is that um, uh, Piastri, um, yes. you know, has Oscar Piastri, the Australian who got, won the F2 championship last year, has also been given permission yes. by Alpine, because he is the factory Alpine driver, to be a um, backup driver for McLaren as well. So um, I thought that was really interesting, almost a little bit more that, so than Colton Herter getting a, getting a little yeah, bit of a well, gig. Well, yeah. they know he's quick, right? And, I mean, you must, be, you must think that... And I was reading another story, because there's so much going on with F, F1 and F2 and F3 starting this weekend, is that people you win F3, F2, you win every championship you hop into, and you can't get a drive, right? And maybe this is an opportunity. But there seems to be undue... And I wonder whether it's what they call paper talk, speculation, that Ricardo's job, under under threat because this is his last season. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that. Uh, I wouldn't think that that was uh, speculation. I think. I think that's probably got some reality to it. I would, I would have thought he really does need to. He he's got to step up this year. I mean, Lando wiped the floor with him basically. Yes, he got a win. He got the first win in a very long time for McLaren, but under interesting circumstances mm-hmm. at Monza. Um, but Lando essentially last year, you know, was was number one in that team. Uh, Daniel and I hate it. I hate seeing him not competitive but he struggled um and so he and then he's got he got covid last week so he hasn't been able to test uh the latest test of bahrain um sitting on the sidelines so man where's that all going to go i think mclaren are just keeping absolutely keeping everything open and rightfully so and starting to you know look to the future so 
you know, it, it, we're going to see another very interesting year. There's going to be I'm excited. A, a wildly silly season uh, across the board in lots of places. And, and that's great for us. Not so good if you're a professional race car driver with some uh, under threat. Okay, we're going to talk two wheels in just a moment. And here's the perfect setup because it's just popped up on the Temper Bedpost text line. Uh, just a shout out to the new land speed record holder from his wife, Lindsay, and two kids. Hadley and Georgia. We're so proud of Scott and the Wilkins family for this record. It was a lot of hard work. Well, guess what? Scott Wilkins, new New Zealand land speed record holder, is next on Repco Race Control. There was going to be music there at 9.39, uh, but Sanjay, put your head... Uh, you, you can talk to us now, eh, Sanjay? You know, Murph, we've never spoken to Sanjay, and we're just trying to, we're trying to get Scott Wilkins. So, hey, Sanjay, how are you, mate? Are you there? You know what? I can't even hear you at the moment. Something's going on. There's some witchcraft going on in the, in the studio here. I don't know if you can hear me, but if you can... I, I can hear yeah. you beautifully. I'm just going to turn my mic off again because something's not going right. <laughs> and I just... I think it's probably... Yeah, a bit of bad luck. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's just on. nervous. I think he, well, no, he's actually... He's got that confident look about his face. We're going to have a few problems with Scott Wilkins because we're going to put him on this little app that you're working off tonight, Murph. And he's uh, driving up the road to get better signal. He's our New Zealand land speed record holder. While we're th- waiting for Scott to come online, uh, let's talk about a lot of key Kiwis uh, that are busy this weekend. Actually, by the way, Murph, uh, Mitch Evans landed back in town for the first time at home uh, in, two, wow. uh, in two years. Uh, he's going to be two on. Years. He's yeah. Two, it's when you, isn't it hard? Like you get the the news today that the place is going to open up. And you go, oh, so we're sort of we're, we're sort of back to normal now, are we? It's it's quite a nice feeling. But we're going to be talking to Mitch on Sky Speed next week on next Tuesday, and of course we're going to bring him here on Repco Race Control along with Shane Van Gisbergen as well next Thursday. Hopefully we're back on a Thursday uh, seven through nine. So, but there are lots of Kiwis doing plenty this weekend, Murph, and at Sebring it's like it's like a, a double header. It's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a uh, big festival this weekend, and they are super excited over there about uh, getting a monstrous crowd, which they normally do. Um, the people turn up from all over the place there in, in Florida and and camp and have a have a, just an enormous time. So there's two two massive races on Friday, uh, which is Saturday, obviously our time. Um, it is uh, a thousand mile race for WEC, so the World Endurance Championship. It's their first round of the year and of course our one and only Brendan Hartley is back in his Toyota hybrid um, sports car so looking forward to seeing him back out there so that's that's huge that's a thousand miles so 1600 kilometers on Mm -hmm. Friday and then on uh, Saturday Sunday our time um, it's the first round of the WeatherTech sports car championship um, in America and uh, our one and other only uh, racing over there, Earl Bamba is in the mighty Cadillac for that race. So that's 12 hours, the 12 hours of Sebring. So uh, enormous and bloody uh, motorsport action going on in Florida. Um, and, of course, it's all uh, going to be live on Sky Sport as yeah, well. Yeah, their pop-ups. Nick Cassidy's in the Ferrari in the 1000 of Sebring as well, is he not? Yeah, that's right. Nick Cassidy in the, um, the Ferrari uh, for uh, AF Corsa. All righty. 9.43. Uh, this is Repco Race Control. The temper text line, bedpost tech line is double eight double three. Thanks to Nick from Dunedin. If you are texting in the answer to the question, where is the next round of supercars, put your name and where you're calling from so we so we know that you're listening and where you're listening from. Double eight double three or 0800 150811. So you hop on a bike. You put your helmet on, and then you go. And I watched. I watched the onboards today. 
day. And then you just go and do calmly, and it looked calm on Gordy's Road and Rip Rye, 364.5 kilometres an hour and set a new land speed record. The man that did that on his Kawasaki Ninja is the new New Zealand national record holder, and that's Scott Wilkins. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you? So how far up the road did you have to drive to get good service tonight? Uh, only about half a K up to the top of the hill, so we're not too bad. So where are you? Uh, I'm just in town, and I live in the lakes, but unfortunately we've got a little bit of spotty cell phone coverage where I built the house, so, yeah. Sometimes so, sometimes quite good when you need to ignore calls. So, so, so just tell me, I watched the onboards today. It looked so casual and calm. How was it really? Uh, the bike's that good. It is actually pretty calm. Um, the bike doesn't move around a lot. Uh, you've got, obviously... Gowdy's Road and Riverara is, is pretty flat for a road in New Zealand, but it's not that flat um, when you're doing that sort of speed. So you do have quite a few little inputs to keep it in, keep it somewhere near the white line in the middle. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time in the making. Um, it's taken us a while to get there, but to have had it go off and do a 160, uh, 364 one-way run um, was really good. Mate, um, you say you make look, it looked like the way you're talking, which sounds like ah oh, anyone can do it. You know. Kawasaki and fire down the road at 364 kilometres an hour. I mean, have you just lost the sense of speed completely? I mean, it's not like there's nothing around you. There's trees, there's fences, there's all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I can't even fathom it. Nah, well, I don't ride fast road bikes a lot. I mostly race off-road and with flat track and um, do speeds a whole lot slower than that. So that was my third set of runs for the day. We did that, the first run. It's been a year since I've ridden the bike, so the first run you do a three and a kilometre pass, it feels really, really fast, and then you come back at about three thirty, and it's starting to feel a bit faster. Then you just your brain catches up as the day goes on. Um, so, <laughs> so, so it sort of feels you... slower the faster you go, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's, it's uh, something that I'm probably more nervous, more anxious at the start of the day for the first run. That was the slowest on the day than I was for the last one. Have you, have you got a flip-top head? Like, do you, do you uh, flip the top of your head open and pull your brain out or what? Uh, not really, no, but no yeah, disrespect. I'm now for my no injuries racing motocross my results. Yeah. So, so tell me, what, what was the target 364.5 when you started the day? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, the target was to get the Land Speed Record Association New Zealand overall record, which was set by Darren Dolby in a, uh, GDR, a GD, Nissan GDR that was at 357. That was a two-way run, and I always said to myself, if I did a two-way run higher than that, it was going in the trailer and rolling all over. So we we did the return run at 354 to give us a 358 average. So that was a so yeah, that was a goal to get that 358 average. But one of the long speed land speed record association guys was in my group because we run in groups of 20. So all 20 go one way. You wait at the other end to come back the other way. And uh, Laurie was it there and he told me the 364 and that was, uh, yeah, that, that blew my mind. It was better than I thought I could go. I thought if we got in the high 350s, it would be really, really cool. So, yeah. So, but you, you ended up, so you ended up being faster than the previous holder by what? Was it a kilometre? An hour? Well, well I, I actually held the, 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 the car record for Land Speed Record Association. Obviously, there's a few different, it's a bit like boxing, there's a few different associations yeah. in New Zealand. The Motorsport New Zealand official record is held at 363 over a flying kilometre by um, uh, by Dean Hart and the Strike Master Jet Powered Drag Car that he set at Ohakia. Yeah. So 
we, we went one way quicker than his average, and if we'd come, managed to get back quicker, we may have been able to get the fastest overall ever recorded two ways. But, yeah, we had to win with us one way and against us the other. So, yeah, we, we only beat the, the Land Speed Record Association all comers by a kilometre an hour on the average speed. But yeah. we, bit the mo- we actually held the motorcycle record coming in at 340.5, and that got beaten twice before we did that longer run. So, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Do you find that, that, find, find that quite incredible, though? Um, you're talking about, you know, all these different machines, different types of machines, all within that small... I mean, it is... Yeah. Yeah, obviously, when you get to a certain speed, it's, it's the, the physics are all the same, depending on yeah. horsepower and size of the vehicles, stuff like that. So, I mean... I, I don't think that road has much more left in it, personally. Yeah. But hopefully, someone comes in a few years and proves me wrong. So it's not—it's not normal to have 300 horsepower at your rear wheel on a Kawasaki, is it? No, no. So that bike we developed, like we started the bike, uh, race that bike in 2016 at the cliffhanger and did 330. Um, a couple of years later, we did 336. Then we did 340. Then last year we had an absolute nightmare with electrical problems all day with it shutting down. Um, so we didn't do that speed, and then we came back this year with even more horsepower, and we put an intercooler on it because we found with our telemetry that the intake air temperature was getting right up during the run through a lot of horsepower. And, yeah, so it took a lot of development. Um, Brett Roberts and Pyro at BRN Dino did a lot of work on it, and especially after last year where we had all the issues, we had to, we managed to replicate it on the dyno and um, stop the overboosting, which was causing the computers to shut down. All right, well, uh, Scott, uh, you probably know a guy called Hamish Stone because he just texts us in on our Timber Bedpost text line, double and we will agree with him. He goes, good work, Scotty. You're a bloody legend and deserve the record for the fastest man on two wheels. And we thank you for your time, mate. Congratulations. Right, I'm, well done. I'm assuming now it goes back in the truck and you're done. Yeah, we're done. My uh, wife and kids, uh, my wife never really liked it. Um, unfortunately, I'd met her afterward, uh, <laughs> after I'd started, so she sort of had to put up with it till the end. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Hanging on the wall, uh, fella. It's over for a while, but if someone beats it, you, you never know. All right, mate. Thanks for your time, buddy. Congratulations. Okay, there you go, Scott Wilkins, New Zealand land speed record holder, one way, 364 and a half. Oh, my goodness. 9.54, almost out of here for Ripco Race Control. Someone just said Dean Hart and the jet drags to top speed of 4.58. Yes, he did, but you take it on an average speed in that jet dragster, which was back in 2020, he did 363 0.43. Our boy did 364.5. So, and there was more going on at Goldies, wasn't there, Murph? Yeah, there was. Uh, super impressive and a bit of a standout. I think, I think uh, looking at the list here, the only woman that turned up. Now, she outdid all the men because she did uh, on her Ducati uh, 1190 ADSP. Uh, Chrissy Anderson, her name is, she did 289 oh kilometres an hour God. top speed one way on her Ducati. Oh and then she backed it up in her Lamborghini Huracan Performante. Oh, wow. And did 311 kilometres an hour in a car. Oh, I mean, that's wow. Uh, We're going to have to get her. We're going to have to actually talk to Chrissy because that is yep. pretty goddamn impressive. So that was the second fastest car. Um, on the weekend, uh, she got beaten by a McLaren um, 570S. 
But yeah, she was uh, ninth on the list for bikes at two hundred and eighty nine for fastest one way road. You got to ask, goodness you gotta ask the question, and we maybe will have to ask the question: uh, What drives someone to just go and put their foot down and hang on? And I'd be screaming all the way. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think the flip top head, although you know, and you were not being disrespectful. I think I think the flip top head has plenty to do with it. Hey, almost out of time for this edition, our diet version of the show. Uh, so, uh, Bahrain this weekend, F one. Who yeah. wins? Who wins? There's the big question. Uh, I'm not sure it's um it's all set and done. Um, being you know the protagonist from last year, I, I really don't. Um, I'm I'm sort of reasonably excited. It's a little bit, a little bit interesting. It's a little bit like NASCAR at the moment, to be honest. Uh, make a call. You know, make they, a call. Make a call. In NASCAR at the start of the season. Make a call. Right. Who wins? Um, come on, mate. We're running out of time. Lando Norris. No, no, no. Uh, Charles Leclerc. Oh, I don't mind that at all. Like me a Ferrari, it's a beautiful looking car. We are done for this edition of Repco Race Control. See you next weekend, Merv. Happy, happy uh, Paddy's out tomorrow, mate. Spud. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Stephen. All right. Philly D Potatoes. There you go. We'll see you next Thursday from 7 SVG and also Mitch Evans on the show. See ya.